Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 2. It is a lengthy passage of scripture. I, I appreciate you bearing with me here. I try not to read long texts, but I do feel like in light of what we're doing today, that it is good for us to read this entire story. So Luke chapter 2, we'll begin with verse number 1, and we're going to read all the way down through verse 20. And there are some things here that I'm going to call to your attention as we go through this lesson today. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Luke 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Praise God. <clears throat> I never cease to be amazed by the Christmas story. And I'm going to tell you that it is a miraculous story in every regard. Is anybody out there this morning? Are these specks on my glasses or are you out there? It's a miraculous story in every regard. And we're going to talk about why it's so miraculous here this morning. We're going to talk about something even more than that because there were those who failed to recognize just how miraculous this was. There were those who overlooked what was going on on that day. They didn't realize what was happening in their own backyards. They really didn't. Amen. And so today I'm going to try to uh, preach, teach, however this comes out today on this thought, finding the phenomenon. Finding the phenomenon. Amen. And what a phenomenon it was. 
Praise God. Let's, let's put our Bibles down. Let's talk to the Lord together right now, everybody. We need the touch of God. Saints of God, I need your help today. Amen. Can we get some intercessors to help today? Let's get a hold of God right now, Jesus. Lord, to deliver the burden of my heart. There are souls here that need to hear from you. God, I don't take this lightly. I need your help. I need your touch. I pray, God, that you would use me today. I pray, God, speak through these lips of clay. Lord, your word is anointed, but I ask that you'd anoint your servant today. God, I pray, anoint this people that they could receive, oh God, what you are speaking to them today. We thank you now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's worship him one more time before we're seated, everybody. Let's worship the Lord. God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As I've already said, the story of Christmas is quite the phenomenon. In fact, the story of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem is filled with phenomena. It, it is filled with the miraculous. If you stop and think about what took place uh, on that night, his mother Mary was a virgin and yet she had been overshadowed by the Holy Ghost causing her to conceive without ever having had a relationship with a man. This was a miracle. It defied the laws of nature. It superseded anything the world had known. From the time of the creation forward, never was there a child born that was not born uh, as a result of the relationship of a man and a woman. But this child was not like any other child. This child was unlike any that had ever been born before. He didn't have an earthly father, but it was a miracle that caused this birth to come about. Not only was the conception a miracle, but his birth itself was surrounded by miracles. Angels appeared. First, one angel appearing to shepherds on the hillside and announcing that the Savior was born. But the angel, it seems, no sooner got those words out of his mouth until there was a host, the Bible says, of heavenly beings that joined in the chorus and began to sing praise unto God because of what had transpired in Bethlehem can you imagine what all's going on on that night Oh, you talk about a phenomenal night. Amen. A shining star, it's already been mentioned, appeared. And, and, and this is what some people don't realize. It, it evidently lasted for some two years to lead the wise man to the young child. And, and I don't really have time to go into all of that. But uh, another surprise for some of you may be this fact that the wise men never went to the manger in Bethlehem. I know that may come as a surprise to many of you, but, but uh, it's a fact biblically. I, I, regardless of our nativity sets, regardless of, of all the Christmas programs you see, the wise men did not go to the manger. All right, so I've thrown it out there, so I guess I better prove it now. I, I, I didn't, I didn't intend. This is, this is totally uh, out of my notes, but, but I can't hardly make a statement like that and feel that uh, uh, those questions in people's minds and not show you from the Bible. So let's take just a moment to follow this little rabbit trail and then I'll come back to where I was. But I don't want to make a statement like that and not 
prove it to you. So would you open your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter 2. Praise God. And uh, Brother Hilton, this is, yeah, thank you. It's not in the notes, so you're just going to have to find this and read it for me. Matthew chapter 2. Start reading verse 1, if you would, so that everyone will know this is the story we're talking about. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, he behold, uh, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen the, his star in the east and are come to worship him. All right, now, now, now look, when you read this, again, superficially, it sounds like when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the, the wise men came immediately. But, but we're going to show you scripturally that what happened was when he was born, evidently they started their journey at the time of his birth. They came. They began their journey. And let me prove that to you. We go on down now. <clears throat> Look at verse number 7. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared. So King Herod specifically asked when the star had appeared. Now how in the world Herod missed it, I don't know. I don't know how he didn't see that star. I don't know how it is that he was unaware. But obviously, obviously, uh, he uh, wanted to know about something that had happened in the past. All right, and so then uh, it says that, uh, read on, verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when, he, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. All right, keep reading. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the and star. And lo, the star. Which they, saw, which they in the east, saw in the east, past went, tense, they saw it in the east, went before went them, before them till it came till and, it stood, came and stood where the young child was. And so the star reappeared now to lead them to where, and notice this, not where the baby was. And this is a different Greek word here than, than the Greek word baby that was used in Luke for the one that was put in that manger. This, this word in the Greek actually means a toddler. It, it is one that's already uh, of age to be walking. And, and they came and the star went and stood over where the young child was. All right, keep reading. When they saw the star... They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Uh-huh. And verse 11 says. And when they were come into the house. Not when they were come to the stable. Right. Not when they came to a barn or whatever. A cave. Whatever it was. Right. But they came to what? Into the house. They came to the house. Read. They saw the young child. They saw the young child. Where Mary his, uh, with Mary his mother. Yes. And fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. Yes. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Right. And then verse 12, they left. God warned them in a dream, told them not to go back to Herod. And so, and so then you read on verse 13, the angel appears to Joseph and said, take the child and flee to Egypt because uh, Herod wants to destroy him. And so we go on down and, and let's read verse 16 now. Then Herod, when... He saw that he was mocked of the wise men. When the men, wise men did not come back. Was exceeding wrath. He was exceeding wrath. And sent forth and he sent slew, forth and all, slew the children all the children. That were in Bethlehem. Uh-huh. And in all the coasts thereof. Right. From two years from, old and under. Now listen, from two years old and under. Why did he choose two years old and under? Read. According to According the time. According to the time which he had diligently which inquired, he had inquired of, the wise men. of the wise men. All right. So I, I hope that I can rest my case right here. But the fact of the matter is, Herod chose to kill those that were two years old and under because that's when the wise men said the star had appeared. So the wise men didn't make a trek to Bethlehem and find the baby in a manger. They made their trek to Bethlehem and found the toddler. 
Well, hallelujah. And his mother in a house, not a stable. And Herod chose to kill babies that were two years old and under because that's when the wise men said the star had first appeared. So I hope I can rest my case there. I, and I'm not trying to destroy your Christmas story. Just trying to be biblical here. Just trying to show you the real biblical truth of what happened. But it's still a miracle. The fact that these men made a trek that lasted evidently for two years. Wise men, astrologers, perhaps kings, wealthy men who made a trek. This is a part of the phenomenon of Christmas. This too was a miracle. The star was a miracle. I've had people try to say, well, it was Haley's Comet, or it was this, or it was that, and try to find some natural event that they could say was the star of Bethlehem. And, and I'm here to tell you, you're missing the point. This was a miracle star. This was something God did, amen, as a miraculous way of showing these wise men to let them serve as confirmation to Mary and to Joseph that this child was who God said he was. This wasn't some natural earthly event that takes place ever so many uh, years uh, as some try to say that. It, let's quit trying to rationalize the scripture and just rejoice when God performs a miracle. I could really get sidetracked right there. Because I've, I've actually read stories where they... Uh, men have gone in and done studies and said there's no way that a, a whale could swallow a man and, and uh, a whale's stomach's not big enough to swallow a man. They just want to disprove the Bible. When really uh, the, the, what the Bible says is that God prepared a great fish. So whether it was a whale or whatever it was, God prepared it. Hallelujah. God did something miraculous to get it ready for Jonah. God went in and built Jonah some living quarters. Hallelujah. God prepared him a little room where he could survive for a couple of days, three days and three nights until the whale got sick of him being there or the great fish or whatever it was. Got sick of him being there. The Bible said it vomited him out. Uh, I've... I've I'm telling you, I've, I've read some of the most, sometimes people who want to prove how intelligent they are really prove their own ignorance. I read one, one uh, study where they went about trying to prove, uh, they said that they felt like they knew where the Garden of Eden was and they wanted to prove that apples couldn't grow in that vicinity so they could disprove the story of Adam and Eve. And the Bible doesn't even say they ate an apple. I'm telling you, it's the truth. I've read it. I've read it. Uh, read where they, they went in to prove that um, hair on a man doesn't make him strong. So they could disprove the story of Samson. And it wasn't Samson's hair that made him strong. It was his vow to God. It was the spirit of God that strengthened Samson. But they missed the miracle. They don't want to accept the miracle of it all. Amen. All right, I'm way off the subject today. But, but, but I'm just telling you... The, the story of the birth of Jesus, amen, is filled with phenomena. It is filled with the miraculous. Uh, miracle after miracle happened. And most importantly of all, it's not what happened that day, but who happened that day. For again, this was no ordinary child. This wasn't like anybody else that had ever been born. Now listen, John the Baptist was a special baby. Isaac was a special baby, but none of them compare to this baby that was born in Bethlehem. Because this wasn't just a child of promise. This wasn't just a, a child that God had performed a miracle on the mother's womb. This was a miracle that didn't even involve a man. And this was not just a man that was born in Bethlehem. Read to us what the angel said. Matthew 1, I'm back to my notes now. Matthew 1, verse 23. Read what the angel said. 
Amen. Quoting from scripture here, Matthew 1, 23. That should be like the second scripture in your list. Or the first scripture on your list. First. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. Uh Uh-huh. A virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son. bring forth a son. And they shall call his name name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, Which being interpreted interpreted is God with us. us. This wasn't just another baby. This wasn't just a special child. This was God with us. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says this. Without without controversy controversy, great great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. flesh. Hear me today. Hear me today. Not one third of God. Not another person of God. But God was manifest in the flesh. That's what happened at Bethlehem. That's the real miracle of what took place to think that the God that fills the heaven and earth uh, could put himself uh, within the form of an unborn child and fit into the womb of a teenage girl. I'm telling you, this was a miracle. This was a miracle to supersede all miracles. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah did not prophesy that this child would be the second person of the Godhead. Here's what Isaiah said in Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, Mm -hmm. unto us a son is given. So he's definitely talking about that one born in Bethlehem. A child is born and a son is given. And the government government is going to be upon his shoulders, on that child's shoulders, on that son's shoulders, and his name. That is the name of the child. The name of the son shall be called Wonderful, wonderful, Counselor, counselor, the the Mighty God. Not a part of God. Not one of the members of God. But thee that word's important that's significant uh, amen we understand that definite article this is the mighty god in fact just in case you got questions uh, he tells us next uh, that his name shall be called the everlasting father I'm telling you what went on that day. Amen. On the outside was the Son of God, the fleshly body that God inhabited. But on the inside was the God that had always been, the God of eternity, the great omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient spirit that said, let there be and there was, was dwelling in the flesh of this little baby that was born in Bethlehem. Oh, wonder of wonders. Wonder of wonders. You talk about a miracle. Talk about a miracle. What a night that was. What a night. Hallelujah. Between the shining star, the shepherds, the angels, the virgin giving birth, and the fact that this was God in flesh what a miracle it boggles my mind brother larson it's hard for my finite mind to comprehend just how phenomenal this miracle was but you know what boggles my mind even more it boggles my mind even more that there were so many people who failed to find this phenomenon here it was the greatest miracle that had ever taken place listen this was greater than creation itself that God would become a man this is greater than anything God had ever done before God outdid himself on this miracle you hear me this was greater than anything God had ever done and yet the greatest miracle of all time and there are people everywhere who didn't even recognize what was going on didn't even know what was happening all around them how is it possible that God could come to earth and people overlook what took place on that night now as astounding as that seems the fact is that many people today are still overlooking what really happened 2,000 plus years ago. Oh, hallelujah. 
Amen. There is something. You know, there's something about this holiday season that, that, that we go around singing and talking and everyone uh, seems to have it on their lips that this is a time of cheer. It's a time of peace. It's a time of joy. But the fact of the matter is this season is fraught with loneliness, anxiety, depression. God only knows how many suicides will take place between now and the end of the year because people are so overcome with darkness in their life and they don't know where to turn and something about this season just seems to make them feel worse. Hallelujah. Amen. The reason that this happens is simple. People may say they're celebrating Christ's birth. They may put out nativity scenes. They may top their trees with angels. But they're missing the true message that the phenomenon of Christmas was proclaiming. In spite of what the television, the radio, the department stores, the shopping malls will tell you, Jesus did not come to earth to establish a day in which we would exchange gifts, overeat, and pretend to love people we don't even like. That's not why he came. He didn't come for all of the trappings of the tinsel and the decorations. And I'm not preaching against that. I'm saying that's not the purpose for what happened in Bethlehem. He didn't come just to establish another holiday. He could have done that. He established lots of feast days in the Old Testament. He's, he celebrated holidays when he walked on earth. I can prove that to you as well also. But I'm not going to get sidetracked with it. But I'm just here to tell you today. Amen. That's not why he came. It wasn't just so we could mark a day in our calendar where we get off work and maybe get a little bonus from the job. That was not why he came. Amen. He didn't come so that we would think of him superficially once a year while really focusing on everyone and everything except him. The real reason why he came it was very simple. He came to save the lost. Matthew 1, verses 20 and 21. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. And she... And she shall bring forth a son. Bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his, call name, his name Jesus. Jesus. For he shall save his people. For here's from why their he's sin. coming. Here's why he's coming. He's coming to save his people from their sins. Not in their sins, but from their sins. And Jesus himself confirmed this during his adult ministry. Listen to what he said in Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man is come. The Son of Man is come. To seek to and seek to save. And to save that which was that lost. Which was lost. He, man, why was he born? Why did he take on the form of a man? Why he, man, did he establish this glorious miracle? Why did he perform he, man, this wonderful phenomenon? I'm going to tell you why. He, man, he did it because he wants to save humanity. I talked about it some before I started preaching uh, Tuesday night and I guess it still has just stayed on me until that point. I haven't shook it off so let me just deal with it a little bit here again this morning. Amen. First of all, uh, man can only be redeemed by blood. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. And almost all things, almost all things are, by the, law are by the law purged with blood. With blood. And without without shedding, of blood, shedding of blood is no remission. Is no remission. Do you hear that? Do you see that? Unless there's blood shed, sins cannot be remitted. But here is the problem. John 4 and 24 says, God is a, God spirit. Is a spirit. Everyone say spirit. 
God's not a man. God is not flesh and blood. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 24, verse 39. Behold my hands and my, my feet. hands and my feet. That it is it's I, I myself. Handle me, handle and, me and see. see. For a spirit, a spirit hath not flesh, hath not and, flesh bones. and bones as you, as see, as you have. see me have. Here's what I'm telling you. God is a spirit. But God instituted a plan whereby man could only be redeemed by the shedding of blood. As a spirit, he didn't have any blood to shed. So here's the reason for Christmas. Here's the reason why he was born in a manger. He meant because as a spirit, he couldn't redeem us. So he came. He assumed what he had to have. He took on. He incorporated a fleshly body. He man that had flesh and bone and blood so that he could shed that blood for you and for me he came to save us and that's what Christmas is all about uh, again I'm not I'm not just trying to shock everybody today by destroying all of our Christmas traditions but but let me just tell you we often say Jesus is the reason for the season and I understand what you're saying but I got to bring it down a little bit more than that you are the reason for the season I am the reason for the season he came here he created this time not for himself but for our sakes he could have remained in eternity forever and ever and never been bothered by the things he had to go through he didn't do it for his sake he did it for our sake he did it because he loved us he came here he was rejected of men he was beaten he was despised he was spit upon he was mocked he was crucified and it was all because of us we are the reason we're the reason he came hallelujah now I agree he's the reason we celebrate but we're the reason he came praise God amen he didn't come for Christmas lights Christmas programs, Christmas trees, or Christmas presents. And I'm not preaching against any of that. But I'm telling you, that wasn't the reason he came. That's our way of celebrating him. But he came for one reason, and that was so that you and I could be saved. There was no other reason for him to be born as a human. Amen. That was the purpose for his coming, was to redeem mankind. And when we fail to recognize that, we are failing to find the phenomenon of Christmas. When we fail to recognize that the whole purpose for what we're doing at this time of year is for the salvation of souls, then really we're missing everything that Christmas is really all about. Hallelujah. That's why when we come back tonight for a program, yeah, we're going to have some fun. Yeah, we're going to laugh a little. Yes, we're going to enjoy ourselves some. But I'm going to tell you more than anything else, we're going to exalt him. We're going to lift him up. We're going to make his name glorious. We're going to praise him. And we want his spirit to come and meet with us. Yes, even in a Christmas banquet. Yes, even during a Christmas program. Because I want everyone to know he came for our sakes. He loved us enough that he paid the price to save our souls hallelujah what a phenomenon Christmas was and is and yet as I said there are many who fail to find that phenomenon now in order for us to understand why they fail to find it I think it would be good for us to take a few minutes and look at those who failed to find it when Christmas first came. To begin with, there was the innkeeper who failed to find the phenomenon. The innkeeper, think about this for just a moment. Let's read Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room because for them in the inn. Because there was no room for them in 
the end. Now, I'll be honest. A cursory glance at this, it, it, it seems rude and inconsiderate to me that a young couple would show up at an inn and she is expecting great with child, obviously about to deliver. In fact, very, very possibly in labor at that very moment. And can you imagine anyone saying, I don't have any place for you except out in the stable where my animals are? Now really, that, that does seem a bit rude and inconsiderate to me. But I'm not sure that the innkeeper was trying to be rude. I don't think that it was his intention to be inconsiderate, though he's often portrayed that way in many Christmas plays and programs. I don't really think that was what he was trying to do. The fact is, there was no room. There was no room. This man... His inn was full. That meant he was busy. Most innkeepers in those days were not the CEOs of some huge worldwide conglomerate. If it was an inn, it was a mom and pop shop. It was just a man and his house. And he might have built it big enough to accommodate a few guests so that he could make a little money on the side by renting out rooms when needed. But on this occasion, because of the taxing, Bethlehem was not a large city, though it was a thriving city. It wasn't large. And the taxation required that everybody go back to the city of their ancestors. And I'll tell you, David had a lot of, a lot of uh, progeny. David had many, many, many children, and they all had children. And there's a lot of people that could trace their lineage back to David. And David was only one who lived in Bethlehem. And so Bethlehem as a town was overcrowded that night. And the inn, uh, the innkeeper, no doubt, had already made provisions in places where he never dreamed he would have to. He probably had people sleeping in locations that they weren't intended to sleep in. And you know, as a business owner, it was his responsibility to take care of them. They didn't generally hire maids, they didn't have cleaning services that worked from nine to five. He and his wife had to take care of the guests. They didn't have a breakfast buffet in the morning. They'd have to cook for those that stayed there. They'd have to provide the necessities of everyone who stayed in their inn. I'm telling you, this man was busy. He was busy. And he was so busy, he just didn't have time to find the phenomenon of what was happening that Christmas night. I wonder how many of us have no time for God or for his plan in our lives. I'm telling you, I've never felt so busy in all my life. Here I am, I'll soon be 62 years old and I feel like I'm busier now than I have ever been. I've got more going on than I've ever had. Even with me not being able to go to Africa, it seems like I can't get enough done. It seems like there's not enough hours in the day. But I wanna tell you, I don't wanna get to the place that I'm too busy, amen, that I miss what God is trying to do in my life. I don't wanna get so so wrapped up, amen, with the 
day-to-day obligations and duties and fail to find the phenomenon of what God wants to do. Oh, I'm preaching today to somebody. I know you've got a lot going on. I know you've got a lot of things on your schedule. I know your calendar is full, but I'm telling you, there's somebody knocking at the door today that's saying, do you have a little bit of room for me? I want to do something great. I want to do something phenomenal. I want to perform a miracle at your house today. Do you have time to let me in? Or are you going to relegate me to somewhere out of the way? Out of sight, out of mind. Fend for yourself, Jesus. I'll call for you if I need you. When my life gets bad enough, I might make a trip out there to the stable. The guests are needing fresh milk. I might have to make a visit out to the stable. You know, I gotta go get, I gotta go get some uh, something out of the barn and, and 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 maybe build a fire to warm some of the guests that are sleeping on the perimeter of the property. I I gotta go out there and try to find some things and maybe I'm gonna have to spend some time uh, with with the sheep and, and 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 I don't know I don't know what all I'm gonna have to do, but I got too many things going on right now to worry about a woman and a baby. I got too many things going on to worry about what's happening here and here the miracles are taking place angels are singing stars are shining God in flesh is coming into this earth and he's so busy this innkeeper is so busy he just doesn't have time to find the phenomenon how many of us how many of us Say when I have a convenient time, Lord. Maybe next time you stop by, I'll have a spare room. Maybe next time that you're drawing on my heart, I'll be able to stop what I'm doing and make room for you. But not today. Not now. Not at this season. There was no busier season for the innkeeper than this taxation. And there's no busier time for us than Christmas. But I'm going to tell you, in the midst of the hustle and the bustle, God still wants to perform a miracle for some folks. God still wants to show you how phenomenal his power is. Don't miss the miracle. Don't overlook Amen. Don't overlook the phenomenon of what God wants to do for you. Secondly, it wasn't just the innkeeper in Bethlehem that overlooked it. All of the people in that town and really all of the people in Jerusalem failed to find the phenomenon. Christmas. You know, Bethlehem's only really just a walk away. You can walk to Jerusalem from Bethlehem. I've been over there. And they were used to walking in those days. So I'm going to tell you, whatever light was coming from that star that shone, the others had to see it. The others in Bethlehem and Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was a big city. I'm telling you, they, they had to have realized something was different. But they failed to find the phenomenon. I want to show you something here. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Listen to this. Luke 2, verses 8 through 11. And there were in the same country. Now, wait a minute. And there were in the same what? Country. In the same what? Country. Country. All right, read. Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Mm -hmm. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day day in the city of David. 
in the city of David. City in the city. City of David. A savior. A savior. Which is Christ the which Lord. Which is Christ the Lord. Isn't it interesting that when the angels spoke, they spoke to shepherds who were out in the country, even though the baby was born in the city. When this wonderful phenomenon had happened in the heart of Bethlehem, it seems nobody in the city took note. And so the angels had to go to somebody outside the city and call their attention to what was going on back in the city. Now listen, listen. It wasn't that the people in the city didn't have an opportunity. No, they didn't, they didn't see the angels. But let me tell you what did happen. Verses 17 and 18, read. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad now, the this saying. Is, this is speaking of the shepherds. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying. Which was told them, which concerning, was told this them child. concerning the child. And all that they had heard all it, they that heard it wondered at those wondered things, at those things which were told, which them, were by told the them by the shepherds. Now, isn't this amazing? When the angels appeared to the shepherds in the country, they said, "There is born this day in the city a savior." And then the angels instructed them, "Go and tell, go and tell what's happened." The shepherds did what they were commanded to do. And they carried the message of great tidings, amen, to the city. And they told the people in the city what was going on. And the Bible says, those that heard it wondered. They just wondered. Well, that's strange. That's, that's different. Yeah, they heard it but they didn't do anything about it. They just sat and thought. They wondered. Well, this is different. Shepherds coming, proclaiming a message to us and trying to tell us there's a Savior born. What was the problem with the people in the city? I'm going to tell you, it's not that they were too busy necessarily. Because they had bedded down for the night. Their problem was they were too religious. The idea of a baby in a manger didn't line up with their theology of what Messiah would be. So they wondered at what they heard. But they didn't let it affect them too much. Because you see, they had their own religion. I've got my church. I don't have to listen to the shepherds. We're happy in our Jewish religion. And we expect Messiah to come, but when it comes, he's going to come in on a white horse and he's going to deliver us from Rome. And you guys are talking about some baby off in a manger somewhere. How's he going to deliver anybody? They were too religious to be moved enough to do anything about the message the shepherds brought them. Now let me just assure you this morning, my friend, religion is not going to save you. It's not going to save you. That's why you'll never come here and hear us pushing membership to this church. Because being a member of a church is not what's going to matter in eternity. It's not religion that makes a difference. It's salvation. It's relationship with Jesus Christ that makes a difference. Matthew chapter 7 verses 22 and 23. Many will say to me. Many. Now wait a minute. Don't overlook this. Words mean things. Many will say to me in that day. 
Lord, 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 have we not have prophesied, we not prophesied in, thy in thy name? And in thy in name, thy we've, name cast we've cast devils. out devils. And thy name in thy name, we've done many wonderful works. You hear me? They had a religion. But listen to what Jesus said. Then will I profess, then will I profess to them, I never knew I you. Never knew you. Depart, from Depart from me, ye, that work, ye that work iniquity. That word knew is the same Greek word as what is used when the Bible says Joseph knew not Mary his wife until the days were accomplished that Jesus should be born. It is a term of intimate relationship. Jesus said, I know you've got your religion, but you don't have relationship. Oh, listen, there's a shepherd preaching to some people here today. But I wonder if you're too religious to hear the message of the shepherd. I wonder if it just doesn't quite fit into your theology. And so you can't accept what's being said. It just doesn't line up with what you've always heard and what you've always thought. Oh, friend, if you can push past your religion, if you can hear the voice of the shepherd here this morning, I'm trying to tell you there was a baby born in Bethlehem not to give you a religion not to make you the member of a church but to make you a member of his body he came to save your soul don't fail to find the phenomenon of Christmas because you've already got your religion Seek for a relationship today. And then the third, the third incident or individual that I want to point out that failed to find this great phenomenon was Herod the king. Now listen, unlike the innkeeper, Herod wasn't preoccupied. Herod wasn't too busy that night. And unlike the people of Bethlehem and Jerusalem, Herod certainly wasn't too religious. I mean, the Bible tells us he was a baby killer. And history tells us he was a lot worse than that. Herod wasn't too religious and he wasn't too busy. He had another reason why he failed to find the phenomenon of Christmas. Matthew chapter 2, we read it a while ago, but we're going to read again verses 1 through 3. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? Mm -hmm. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. All right, we read those two verses. Now let's read verse 3. When Herod the king had heard these sayings, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When Herod heard these things, he was troubled. The word troubled means to stir up. To agitate. Herod was agitated by what the wise men said. Now, why would he be agitated that a baby was born? Well, it wasn't just that a baby was born, but these wise men said, He is king of the Jews. That's what agitated Herod. Because Herod was the king. And now Herod feels threatened. He doesn't want someone to come along who might possibly take over his throne, his power, his position. You see, he would no longer be in charge. And Herod doesn't want to give that up. And I'm going to tell you, this may be one of the most common reasons why people miss the phenomenon of Christmas. They don't want to give up the throne of their lives. 
Did you hear me? They don't want to surrender to the king of kings and put him in charge. They want to continue on their way. They've got things that they want to do. They've got things they want to accomplish. They don't want to surrender to somebody else. They don't want to give up their will. They don't want to, to kneel in front of others. They don't want someone else to see them as helpless and dependent. But I'm going to tell you something, my friend. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to surrender to a greater king you're gonna have to take yourself off of the throne of your life and put Jesus there in your place you're gonna have to find a man a way to humble yourself before him and you will you will if not today someday Romans 14 verse 11 says this for it is written it's written as i live as i live saith the lord now listen every name, wait wait as i live you understand what that means god saying just as sure as i exist right if god fails to exist then you can expect this prom this this prophecy to not come to pass right but as sure as god lives as sure as god exists this is going to happen. What? Every knee, every shall bow knee is going to, to bow to me. And every and tongue, every tongue is going to confess unto God. I'm going to tell you, it's not a matter of whether you will bow. It's just a matter of when. You've got your choice. You can do it now willingly. You can do it now humbly. Or the day will come when you're not going to have a choice in the matter. I I'm going to tell you, when you kneel on that day, it's not going to make a difference. It will be too late. Eternity will be decided. I, I know, I know this may not be where you thought a Christmas message ought to end. But you hear me today. This is why Jesus came in the first place. He's trying to get us to give up the throne of our lives so that he can truly be the king of kings and the lord of lords we've made a mess out of our lives we've destroyed everything we try to touch as human beings but if we'll give ourselves to him if we'll yield ourselves to him if we'll submit ourselves to him he'll turn everything around hallelujah praise god praise god Hallelujah. I want to help you today to find the phenomenon of Christmas. I want to help you today to understand. Amen. If you're too busy for him, then you're just too busy. If you're too religious for him, then you're just too religious. And if you are too much in control. I'm here to tell you today, it's got to change. It's got to change. He is making a call today. There is a call that has been going out since that very first Christmas. There is a call that has been issued from that very first moment. He's reaching for you today. He wants you to be saved. We talk about giving gifts at Christmas time, but what about giving our heart to Him? I'm going to tell you if you really want to celebrate the season, you've got to first recognize. The manger was not just a place, it was a message. It was a sermon. You remember what the angel said? Matthew 1 21, read it again. And she shall bring forth the she son. She shall bring forth the son. Thou shalt call his name shalt Jesus. Call his name Jesus. For he shall save. For he his shall people save his people from their sins. From their sins that's what the manger was preaching that's what the babe was proclaiming those many years 
ago. He came to save you from your sins. And there's only one way that you can be saved. Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 37. Now when they heard this, when they, heard this they were pricked in their hearts. They were pricked in their hearts. They said it to Peter and they to, said the to, Peter, the to the rest of the apostles. Men and brethren. Men and brethren. What shall we do? What shall we do? The first time. This is the first time after the birth of the church that sinners ask how to be saved. The first time that sinners ask what's the plan of salvation. And I'm here to tell you the answer was not accept the Lord as your personal Savior. That was not the answer. And it's not the answer today. The answer was not just believe and you'll be saved. That was not the answer. And it's not the answer today. But the first time sinners asked how to be saved, they were given an answer. And let's read what that answer was. Verse 38. And Peter said unto, then Peter them, said unto them, Repent. This is the answer. Not accept, not believe, but repent. And be baptized. And be baptized. Every one of every you. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the Christ, name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of, for the remission of sins. And you shall and receive, you the, shall gift receive the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, for the is, promise unto you, is unto you to your children, and to your children to all that are and to off, all that are afar off, even as many, even as, the as, many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm going to tell you when you find this, you find the phenomenon of Christmas and what a phenomenon it is. Brother Hilton sang about it. I don't think you read my notes before service this morning because I sure didn't share them with you, so I don't know how you would have uh, otherwise. But here's what 1 Peter 1 and 8 says. Whom having, whom not, having seen, not seen, you love. You love. In whom, though, In whom, though now, now you see, see him not, not yet believing, believing you, rejoice you rejoice with joy unspeakable, with joy unspeakable and full of glory you want to talk about a phenomenon when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost it's joy unspeakable and full of glory amen the amplified Bible says this amen that you exult and thrill with inexpressible and glorious triumphant heavenly joy the New International Reader's Version says, you are filled with a glorious joy that can't be put into words. I'm here to tell you, as we stand this morning, you can experience the phenomenon of Christmas through the power of the Holy Ghost. Water baptism in Jesus' name. Repentance from your sins. That's what Christmas is calling you to do. Don't, don't fail to find the phenomenon of it all. Don't fail to find the phenomenon of Christmas. Let's lift our hands. Let's reach out to the Lord. I need some folks to help me pray right now. If you're here today, you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're listening online and you've never received this glorious gift, let me tell you all you've got to do, repent of your sins. Ask God to forgive you. Ask Him to take control of your life. Ask Him to transform you into what He wants you to be. Repent. Believe Him today. Have faith in Him and He'll give you the Holy Ghost. He'll fill you with this phenomenal power. And at some point you need to be baptized in the only name, the only name given among men 
whereby we must be saved. That's the phenomenon that you need to find. These altars are open today. Would you come? Would you come today? Come and find a place to pray. Come and find a place. Ask him. Ask him to assume the throne of your life. Repent of your sins. Commit to being baptized in his name. Let him fill you with the Holy Ghost today. He wants you to experience the phenomenon of Christmas. Come on, let's reach out to him, church. Help me pray right now. Would you help me pray? I'm reaching for somebody. I'm reaching for somebody today. Don't be too busy. Don't be too busy. Don't let your religion stand in the way. Can you yield the throne of your life today? Can you yield the throne of your life to the King of Kings? Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's reach out to God. Everybody, would you lift your hands? Would you talk to Him right now? Talk to Him right now. waiting on you he's reaching for you he desires to have that relationship with you oh God 